Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Andrew Musgrove here, as you can see, joined by Lee Ryder. He's just made it back to his hotel after another defeat for Newcastle United on the road, this time to Aston Villa. Lee, um, another poor performance really for Newcastle. Not much to get positive about. And yet Steve Bruce has come out and said that he saw some things that left him encouraged going into that game against Leeds next week. What did you make of Steve Bruce's reaction after the game? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was almost clutching at straws, really. I think uh, the first half was pretty poor. They just stood off. They didn't really cause any threat. And uh, second half, to be fair, was slightly better. But I'm not I'm not getting carried away. It was it was only slightly better. They looked a bit more alive when Ryan Fraser came on the pitch. Uh, it's too early for Saint Maximan, although he did have some decent touches. But no, it's clutching at straws. There's no doubt about that. And I think the the story that seems to be emerging now is that Graham Jones is is going to come in as coach. And rather than change manager, it seems that the tweak in the backroom staff gives Steve Bruce extra time in the job, which is what I reported last week. Hmm. What do you make of that decision to bring someone else in? Um, and add to the backroom staff rather than replace a manager, which would be the the, the other alternative. I think it's a I think it's a money saver, really. That's that's the that's why they're doing it because it would cost them seven figure sum to to get rid of Steve Bruce. It would then cost them three or four million to bring in another manager, pay his staff, pay bonuses if they do stay up. I mean, who is going to come in and do this job with no money to spend? So it's a it's a Feels like it's a bit of a cost cutter. It won't cost that much to, to, to get Graham Jones in, but it it's for me it's flawed with more questions because if suddenly these do start to pick up, then uh, you know does does Graham Jones get the credit rather than the people that haven't been able to get results? It's it's a messy situation. Hmm. And again, you know, we or oh, Steve Bruce expected a response to what's happened in previous weeks with the performance night. For me, there wasn't really anything there to get excited about. It was just much more of the same, you know. They were just lacking creativity. They were standing off Aston Villa. The midfield was bypassed too easily. And yet, Steve Bruce in his press conference before the game, you know, came out fighting. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone would have read the article on Chronicle Live, your article, Lee, with the interview with Steve Bruce about, um, you know, uh, our paper pushing anyhow. I'll say that in inverted commas. What did you make of the response of the players and the response of Steve Bruce's team, given his comments pre-match? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of them where it's it's disappointing um, that the newspapers and the local press get a bit of blame for, for results because it's we don't pick the team. We just certainly don't go on the pitch and, uh, you know, we, we don't make transfer decisions and things like that. So we can only write about and analyse what is put in front of us and what is in front of us at the minute is uh, no wins in 10 games, two cup exits, one more shameful than the other at Brentford and really a team that, that for me doesn't look as motivated as it should be. So, and as far as mentioning other managers concerned, you know, that that's part of the parcel now in the media. The minute you're under pressure, you know, Bookmakers are now contacting newspapers with lists of odds of, of candidates. So it, it's it's certainly not something that sparked 
by by the newspapers. People are interested in betting and knowing who's going to be the potential candidate for the next boss. It's just it's just part of the game now. So uh, so yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised about that. Newcastle lost two 0 to Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins got his first goal in nine games. It was a bit of a calamitous one in the end. Fabian Chair going to try and clear the ball and it flicked up in the end. Watkins could could knock it on. Questions about it being offside, but I mean, you know, VAR and all that. It was checked, I think, but VAR ruled it and um, it could go ahead. But the defending up to that point for that goal had been shocking. We they had a warning sign a few minutes before um, on the same flank and stood off and the ball came in. I think Watkins just missed it and it ended up going out. Two minutes later, another cross. Shelby stood off this time and Watkins scored. I mean, it, that not that the basics that Newcastle should be getting right? You know, you can't stand off quality, uh, whether it be the left-back target or I think Jack Grealish, whoever is crossing it in. You can't stand off them and let them allow them to put the ball in the box like that. No, I mean, I mean it was a half-hearted attempt to stop the cross to begin with because surely target would have been identified as one of the players that was going to do that before the game in any pre-match briefing or any team meetings that they were able to hold or even just a simple instruction to stop the cross didn't happen um fabian sure then you know tries to clear the ball makes a hash of it it was almost weighted perfectly for uh watkins to to sort of apply the finish so that was a poor one. The second one, it's a corner. They've cleared it already. And then it's second ball. They can't deal with it. And um, it was great finish, to be fair. But he had, he had a lot of time to uh, to, to pick his spot. And 2-0, um, it was game over. So, you know, it, Newcastle aren't good enough to score three goals. So they were never going to win. Were they going to draw? <sighs> They've hardly scored in the last 10 games. They've hardly threatened the goalkeeper. So... Uh, it was, you know, it was pretty much game set and match at half time. Callum Wilson, any <laughs> manager shot on target today, and he, he looks like he's cutting this frustrated figure because he's just not getting the service. And you know, Steve Bruce spoke about my way and pushing the players further up the field, but again, today was another case of sitting so far back and not really pressing the opposition into you know, passing the ball, making a mistake. You know, at times, Villa were just strolling through them. Um, I think at one point, you wouldn't have seen this because you were, you know, at Villa Park, but Jamie Carragher, uh, at one point in the first half, shouted, you know, close them down. He couldn't quite believe what he was watching. And for me, that just summed it up. You know, they were far too standoffish throughout the whole of the game. And I don't know, for me, they're lacking a bit of leadership and passion on the, on the pitch. There's no urgency what, what what about you? What's your view on what you're watching currently? Yeah, confidence is a big factor. Uh, you mentioned Callum Wilson there. He's, you know, got it. He's amazing. He's got eight goals to his name this season, and that is as shocking itself. But for some reason, they just don't seem to have the ability to out and uh, you become a product of your environment. Your head goes down. You stop expecting the ball, and you know where. Even when he did, when he eventually did get a decent pass, he tries to lay it off to Jamal Lewis, and it was a poor pass from Wilson. And Lewis complains, and he's, and Wilson's almost looking at him as if to say, "Well, yeah, welcome to to what I've had to put up with, you know, for the, the whole game." So it was just, uh, it was a nightmare. 
um, in terms of attacking. Andy Carroll had a couple of opportunities in the first half when the ball from the box, but he was never, never troubling the goalkeeper. That's that's not where you put it for Andy Carroll. Um, they do well to where uh, they do well to go back ten years ago and look at videos of Joey Barton crossing the ball, or Andy Carroll putting it in that sort of corridor of uncertainty for him to to latch onto. Um, you know, whipping it in it just isn't going to work. Ironically, when he went off, there was a couple of crosses that went in where they hung the ball up. But Andy Carroll wasn't on the pitch by that point, and uh, it was Dwight Gale and Callum Wilson who prefer it to the feet. So it was just disjointed all round. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still sitting here tonight wondering where the next win's coming from. And Leeds is a big game, isn't it? You mentioned there Carroll coming off and the, and, the, and the two wide men coming on in St. Maxman and, and Fraser. He hinted afterwards that he's wanted to play Fraser and St. Maxman on the wings, but he's not had the chance due to COVID and injury and what have you. Um, now, assuming that you know they're getting back to match fitness, is that Steve Bruce's last roll of the dice, do you think? Because if that doesn't work, what is going to work? Well, the last roll of the dice seems to be changing the changing the coaching staff and but how and how many games to give that? Four to six games and see where they are then because if they haven't won in four or six games, then believe me, they will be in a, they will be either in the bottom three or just above it if if they're very lucky if they don't win in the next four or six games. Uh, but that's how long you it would need to to to, to make an impact. Uh, Newcastle have done this something similar before under Keegan when Keegan come back in um, in two thousand eight, didn't win for the first I think half a dozen games or something like that. And they actually had to bring Chris Hutton in to as a different voice on the training pitch, someone who's a bit more technical, a bit more tactical in terms of working with the players session-wise. And uh, unfortunately, whatever whoever seems to have taken training this season in the last you know few weeks just hasn't worked. Doesn't matter who's who's done it. They've they've, they've chopped and changed roles. Ben Dawson's been on the training pitch with them, but whatever's Whatever's been said, it's um, going in one ear and out the other. I mean, Steve Bruce is obviously an experienced manager. He's been in the game a long time. I can't imagine he'd be overly pleased at this decision to bring someone in. I mean, is it? do we know if it's his decision or is there any kind of workings in the background that we understand how this has come about? Well, I think they've certainly had meetings on what they can do to change things. Um, you know, stopping short of changing manager that this is the this is the next option we've seen it perform football um it's happened it's happened in the northeast a few times and at the end of the day it, it's it's either this or or change manager but for the reason i said at the start of the broadcast it's uh it's it's a cheaper way of doing it and that's where newcastle are at the moment because the future is uncertain because of the possible takeover and uh, realistically, Steve Bruce knows that he's had time now. He's had time to turn around. Um, it's, it's his team, really. It's always your team anyway, because you're inheriting it. And um, really now, we have to see if this this new formula of working with, if it is going to be Graham Jones and that is going to get confirmed, um, we'll, we'll see how long that takes to work. But... You can't you can't expect miracles and and also this is a former manager of a club coming in. This is someone who's done the number one job as well. So 
it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. A couple more questions. I mean, a lot of people just ask about Hayden sticking Hayden in that uh, you know that back line as opposed to being in the centre. I mean, you know, he put in a decent shift today, but he was playing very wide towards the end. And a lot of people I saw on social media just saying, arguably maybe the best midfielder they've got is, and he's now playing centre back. Um, what did you make of his inclusion? You know, in that back line. Well, he was probably the most composed of the three centre backs. Um, in terms of, you know, getting his tackles in, blocking the ball, shielding the ball. Um, I thought Lascelles did did okay at times. Didn't um, didn't didn't keep his cool. Ended up losing the plot a bit with the referee. Uh, sure had the incident which led to the first goal, and you know didn't wasn't his best performance for Newcastle. Let's be honest, no one played well. For me, there was no man of the match. That's how bad it was. There was no. You couldn't stand there and say, "Well done, there's man of the match," because I don't think anyone merited it. And, I, and if if you were on that team and someone turned around and gave you a bottle of champagne and said, "There's man of the match," you would be, you would be embarrassed to accept it after that because it was so bad. So look, then the emotions running high at the moment um, for the supporters, for people like you, for, for people like me who, who want to see Newcastle do well, don't enjoy writing negative things but when when negative things are, are coming from the from the mouth of the manager anyway that sets a tone and he said much worse things than what I've said in the even in this in this podcast so um yeah it's 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 going to be uh interesting to see how the next game goes mm, Leeds is a very big game well just finally just to go back to those comments Steve Bruce made after the game about being encouraged and seen enough we assume, you know, that was probably down to the two wingers coming on the pitch. But aside from that, was there anything else that you think he was encouraged, he could be encouraged by? Or was he just trying to maybe be a bit clever and deflect it, you know, and, you know, what will be happening on the training pitch is much different to, to the kind of persona or, you know, the reaction he gives to the media. But, I mean, you know, the, the media, um, the reaction with the media came very quickly after the full-time whistle, though, didn't it? So, I don't know. What's your view on those comments? Yeah, as, as I said, it, it's it's clutching at straws, and so he's he has to try and say something positive. And you know, for me, those players coming in, it was too it was too little, too late because the game was gone. Um, I, I I just don't know what identity Newcastle have got. They keep chopping and changing back four, back five, back three, wing backs, Andy Carroll up top. It's it's just chop and change all the time, and you can't you can't keep up with it. So. You know, a couple of two or three days ago, I just thought, well, why don't why don't they just keep it simple? And, and you know, they tried the four four two at Arsenal, didn't work down there. It probably might work against you know lesser opposition. Why don't they just say play four four two? Let's knock the ball long. That seems to be all, all we can do, and try and hit Andy Carroll. And if he gets any knockdowns for Wilson and Gale, then then that's great. And if if you know, say Maximin and Fraser can slowly bet into the team then um all the better but you know at, at the minute uh they have um got somebody in mind to bring in as a more tactical brains than me and uh we'll wait and see how it works 
Fantastically. Well, thank you for joining us to you guys watching and listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like and subscribe, whether it be on YouTube or the podcast channel. And head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where you can catch up with all these match report player ratings and Steve Bruce's reaction. Enjoy what is now your Sunday morning.